It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for all your feedback. I'm always intrigued to hear your opinions on the latest episodes and to hear your stories on the topics me and my guests discussed. So if you want to drop me a message, you can find me on Instagram where I'm Feckman, which is F-E-C-K-M-A-N. Or you can write a review if your podcast platform allows you to. If you have listened to my previous episodes, you know that I'm carefully optimistic about the future. We live in a time of change where more and more people are questioning old-fashioned norms. For example, more and more companies are using more diverse bodies than previously. But there is still a very long way to go. One area that I think needs more attention is female body hair. I don't know how many ads I see per week trying to make me buy razors, but what strikes me every time is the fact that none of the models have body hair. With other words, they are removing something that doesn't exist. Female body hair is so stigmatised that even products that are meant to show how to remove hair can't actually do their job due to the fear of showing actual body hair. One person who's had enough of feeling ashamed of her body hair is today's guest, Bethany. She's the founder of The Sassy Show, and when she said that she wanted to get involved with women of my generation, I got very excited. There are so many taboos regarding women's bodies, and today we are tackling one of them. My name is Fanny Beckman, and this is Women of My Generation. bit of an unusual situation for me because uh, it's actually the first time that I'm meeting you Bethany which is incredible um, and we've just taken photos of you in your bedroom and I feel like we are really a children of our generation in terms of we met social like on social media or more specifically on the dots 
uh, where we realise that we have a lot in common in terms of uh, producing content that empowers women. Yeah. And um, you actually interviewed me uh, recently about women in my generation for your own website, which is called uh, The Sassy Show. The Sassy Show. Yes. Um, so could you please just start by explaining what The Sassy Show is? Yes, I will. Um, I think you're actually a great example of what the kind of content I put on The Sassy Show mm. is all about. So it's a bit of a sad story of how it all started. And I was thinking how special it is actually that we're recording this today because it's marks kind of three years since the very first experience of what led to being the sassy show yeah so I had become pregnant Mm. and I decided to have an abortion Mm -hmm. which was yeah three years ago Mm. and it was that experience that I found to silence me as a a woman for the first time and I I can recognize now that it was maybe a few factors Mm. um because I'm very I'm very confident in knowing that as a woman, I felt very supportive of women who had abortions. I knew that I'd always be able to make my own decision. I'm mm. um, very pro-choice. Mm. But the partner I was with, he didn't know how to support me. Okay. And I would say he probably made it um, worse, mm. the experience of it all. And I am also from quite a religious upbringing. And okay. there's people within like my very close circle who have very different opinions about abortion to my own. Mm. And also, at the same time as me being pregnant, one of my close friends was pregnant, and she wanted to be pregnant. And she miscarried around the same time that I terminated my pregnancy. And I think the combination of those three factors made it very hard for me to then not feel guilty Mm. and ashamed and also very scared of judgment about my decision. And from who? I think from people who see abortion as um, like murdering your child, mm. or people who would think that I was irresponsible for becoming pregnant in the first place. Mm. And I think I then felt those things as well. Yeah. I was like, what does that say about me? Okay. You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a strong, independent woman who didn't use a condom and then got pregnant. Mm. That must mm. make me irresponsible and stupid. Was kind of what I was telling myself okay and that was actually the only reason I was in that situation was because I'd come off my contraception pills Mm. because I was like I just want to know what my body is like and that it's still fertile Mm. all these things and Mm. then suddenly it was like oh I I definitely am fertile (laughs) you know so it was it was a tough experience that's taken me a long time to actually accept Mm. and part of that process of accepting has been the creation of the Sassy Project. Okay. So I started to make a lot of drawings about my experience of having an abortion. I'd broken up with my partner and um, sort of zipped my lip Mm. and then found that I was just drawing, drawing, making all these um, sketchbooks that just sort of revolved around what I'd gone through. Mm. And it was with another female-focused art project called Brains and Lip and they asked me to exhibit some of my drawings mm. and so I did and by doing that I found that I could actually talk about mm. my experience mm. you know it's like oh what's your art about and I was like I had an abortion mm. and it was the first time I could just say it yeah 
Um, and the more I was able to talk about that, the more the other women and close friends of mine were like, oh, yeah, actually, I had an abortion last mm. year. Or, yeah, my girlfriend went through that two years ago. I was like, why do we not talk about this? Yeah. Like, it's such a huge part of a woman's life to... Um, become pregnant and not want to be mm. and then to choose to terminate the pregnancy and actually the way I had the abortion I took the two pills so okay. I was at home when I bled out the yeah. fetus yeah. and that was horrible mm. I, I, I really hated that and it made me then hate my menstrual cycle Oh, okay. And it hated, like, I hated everything about the fact that I could be fertile as a woman and mm. that I had to deal with these repercussions when actually I really enjoyed sex. Mm. Mm. Um, so all these questions were going on in my mind whilst navigating this new chapter of my life of like mm. being a single woman. So from making the drawings and talking to women, I then created Sassy Stories as a blog. Mm. And I used the drawings as illustrations mm. and I wrote different stories of these women mm. lots of stories yeah. um and then I started to make workshops and run workshops about um just bringing women together to feel like they had a safe space to talk because mm. that's what I needed you know was it all focused on abortions or other topics as no well? I think it started with the abortions and mm. very quickly I was like I don't know if I can talk about this anymore and okay like, I don't I'm not an advocate for being like pro-choice I mm. am mm. but I didn't I didn't feel that was what I wanted to do I was like I need to be continuing my my research of what okay. I'm questioning mm. and so that went into sort of focusing on menstrual cycles and mm. how women felt about their contraception mm. and you know I had women telling me all kinds of stories like they'd got lumps in their boobs from the contraception they were taking there were women who um had struggled with like awful mental health because mm. of the pill they'd been on yeah I think almost every woman you can talk to, I don't know about you. Yeah, I've only taken like uh, pills um, for a few months and I quickly stopped because how much it affected me and my mood and I just, like, I didn't recognise myself anymore so I just stopped, I didn't want to do it. And I think that the fact that as young women you're told if you want to be having sex you need to be responsible for your, mm. your contraception, um, safe sex is really important, these are your options... And then, what if you don't want to use those options? Mm. It just, yeah, I think there's still so much work that needs to be done about yeah, this sure. this topic, especially mm. because men are fertile yeah. all the time yeah. if they're in mm. good health. Mm. And yet, mm. the amount of men who have been like, no, I don't like using condoms. I'm like, you know what? It, it, it makes me so angry. Yeah, 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 same. <sighs> so that's another sassy challenge. Mm -hmm. Can, yeah. But... Um, <laughs> So yeah, so it just went into different conversations. Mm. I went into sort of thinking about embodiment and the way that women feel um, they can reconnect with their body through movement, mm. um, thinking about eating disorders. Mm. It just, it spread out. And the more okay. I researched and met with women and asked them to, like, if I could interview them mm. and share their story, the more I realised how much we don't talk about, mm. yet how much we actually share in mm. common. Yeah. Um, and then I took a big six to seven month research trip mm -hmm. and expanded the project by going to other countries to explore different cultures. Oh, wow. And really thinking about like how our environment shapes us and uh, what part does religion play in our mm. decisions and where do these elements of shame and silencing come from. Mm. And that kind of now leads us up to the present day. Mm. 
and the Sassy Show is now a website where I have many contributors mm. and women send in um, artwork and stories and I'll interview them and um, essays, all kinds of content that is focusing on conversations that we have maybe felt we've stopped ourselves from talking about. Yeah. And it's thinking, why do we feel the pressure from society mm. to not speak up? Yeah, for sure. And I do recognise that I am very much part of my own research. Mm. So I, I challenge myself a lot, like, what is making me feel insecure? Mm. What is making me not um, be the woman I want to be? Mm. And what am I not seeing around me? Why isn't it there? How can I present that image? Yeah. So alongside running the website... I'm also starting a podcast. Oh, yes. And I'm doing more performance. Mm. And the performance is really important because it does bring in humour because I think it's some of these things are just so funny. Mm. You know, like, um, our pubic hair makes me laugh. The mm. fact that we'll fart and pretend to not tell people yeah. makes me laugh. You know, like, all these things that we kind of feel ashamed yeah. of. Like, oh, I've got an ingrown hair on my nostril. Mm. It's like, just talk about yeah. it, you know? It's silly and it's funny and it makes you feel less alone. Mm. And the less pressure there is, the less shame we feel. Yeah, for sure. You know, so... so true. Like, B.O. Mm. I get really self-conscious of the fact that at some point every month, my B.O. starts to just smell so strongly of marijuana. Mm. Even mm. when I'm not smoking, mm. I'm like, mm. oh my God, I just stink yeah. like <laughs> a weed bush. Mm. Um, <laughs> for some reason. And that's mm. my hormones. Yeah. And that's okay, and I don't want to have to be covering it up no. or never lifting up my arms, mm. like those old impulse adverts. Yeah. I don't know if you remember those. <laughs> Like couldn't get the fire extinguisher because she wouldn't lift up her armpits because she smelled. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's like it's old. It's like early two thousands. It was a really oh, funny advert. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you a link. <laughs> um, yeah. So I yeah I'm performing and, mm. and bringing in like flashing my nipple and yeah. showing off my pubic hair mm. and talking about anal sex. Mm. And I do a bit of singing and mm. um, I do get serious, but. It's that duality, that is what sassy is. It's like yeah. the ability to talk up mm. and be sensitive mm. and be sexy and be strong and be soft. You know, mm. we are all these things as women. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I can talk we, about this yeah, quite a lot, I think. Yeah, well, that's amazing. And again, we have so much in common because that's exactly what I want to do with women in my generation to prove that we have so much in common. But we don't think so because it's so stigmatised and we don't talk about it. And obviously using art is such an amazing tool to, to start the conversation because it's less pressure, I, I think. Um, yeah, I think mm. that's a very good point. Mm. I was thinking about it today and how I can express ideas better through drawing and writing poetry or writing a song mm. than I can sometimes like face to face having a conversation yeah. and usually it's the the use of art mm. that then helps me to become more confident to then be able to confront the situation yeah, in real life exactly because I suppose in the beginning you can kind of cover it up and say like no I'm talking about my art not my emotions <laughs> yeah but then after a while you realize oh they're actually really linked yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I studied painting and it is a bit like that when you do um critiques mm. in people's studios and you go in you'd be looking at their painting and it's like a dead dog hanging upside down <laughs> and they're like oh I think they're going through a bit of a rough patch you're like 
I feel like this painting represents something about you. Like, oh, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> no. it's, it's based on, like, the highlands of Scotland. And you're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ, my friend. But sometimes you're not ready. No, exactly. And that's definitely what I recognise with my... I called it the homage to my sisters. That was mm. the series I made for my... From about abortions. Yeah. From about... About yeah. abortions. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was... Uh, I could draw it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't speak about it. And maybe six months later, I could then confront people who, yeah, did turn around and were like, mm. this makes you a murderer. Mm. You should be ashamed of yourself. And I was like, I'm all right, actually. This yeah. was the right choice, choice for me. Yeah. Because um, everyone has their own opinion. And we're so quick to judge. Mm. Um, but I think this is the essential part of like your project as well. Yeah. Mm. All of these projects that are encouraging communication and safe spaces. Yeah. It's just that fact of being like, we're listening to each other. We can mm. disagree, mm. but we're listening and we're learning. Exactly. And having mutual respect to each other. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And uh, when you said that you wanted to get involved in Women of My Generation, I got really excited. Oh. And you uh, specified that you wanted to talk about body hair. Um, so can you just explain your relationship to your own body hair? I can indeed. Mm, yes. um, also one of my favourite conversations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, I think like many other girls, Mm. as soon as my body hair started to grow, uh, probably aged eight, nine, Mm. um, I started to realise that, well, actually, (laughs) it wasn't, I started to realise, I had people telling me that I needed to get rid of it. Oh, really? So, it was like, my mum gave me my first electric razor when Mm. I was, uh, I think, nine going on ten mm. and I remember sitting in the garden mm. <laughs> and her showing me how to use it and yeah. I was like cool and um my hair was darker than mm. most other girls and some girls weren't growing body hair mm. and then when I got to 13 my pubes started to grow mm. and I had a, <laughs> a very memorable experience of mm. going to a swimming pool on a school trip and my mum had given me a new swimming costume that was like pink and orange and really lovely and floral Mm. and I didn't know that it was see-through and um at the end of the the swimming trip I feel like I remember there was lots of giggling going on and Mm. I felt like people were laughing at me but I wasn't sure why and that week in school I started to be called (laughs) the nickname was Bear Fanny Big Groin Mm. and my name is Bethany Burgoyne yeah Yeah, Fanny Fanny. (laughs) yeah you know so all these jokes, mm. I don't know what jokes you had. Uh, yeah, quite a few since moving to England. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. oh yeah, it's an English thing. Yeah. Fanny, I love the name Fanny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was a bear Fanny, mm-hmm. big groin. And um, I was made to feel so ashamed of mm. the fact that I had pubic hair. And it mm. was like, oh my God, have you seen Bethany's pubic hair? It's so dark. Mm. And then, you know, my arm hair got darker and I started to get chin hairs and I was getting nipple hairs. And I was like, by, by the time I was 18, actually, even until maybe two years ago, three last year, let's be realistic, a year ago, until yeah. a year ago, I was doing everything in my power to try and get rid of this ever-progressive amount of hair that was growing on my body. Mm. And it was actually, I think, because I was starting to be so broke mm. all the time mm. um, that I was like, oh, do I choose to have a wax or do I choose to feed myself for the week, uh, you know? Mm. And I was like, well, if I don't have a wax, then 
I'm not going to be able to have sex with anyone mm. because, God forbid, they're going to see me with my body hair. Mm. Um, they'll never find me attractive mm. because all the jokes had really come from men mm. when I was growing up or boys, okay. teenage boys, yeah. you know, yeah. teasing me. Mm. And I just thought, fuck it, I'm wasting too much time and energy and money on trying to control this thing that's just me. Mm. I, I was trying to save up money to have laser hair removal on all of my body. That was like my greatest wish. Mm. And I just thought, I could be spending that money on travelling, on equipment to record songs, mm. on um, on myself in so many other ways rather than trying to conform to this idea of beauty. Mm. And the reason I was doing it was to feel attractive for other people to want yeah. to touch me. Mm. Mm. And I was like, I can't do that. Mm. And um, <laughs> I just can't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so I had to sort of step back and think about why was I feeling ashamed of my body hair Mm. and what was I going to (laughs) do to not feel ashamed and that solution was just to let it grow yeah and I've let it grow Mm. and (laughs) I've let it grow even more Mm. and I'm like wow like it's actually can be quite beautiful Mm. and I'm starting to like my body hair and feel good in my skin Mm. I'm still the face hair is something that I'm struggling with a little bit but still Mm. um and I think that's because the idea that I would have something that could be associated to a beard is just like, oh, that's such a masculine thing. Mm. Like, women don't have beards unless mm. it's, like, the bearded lady. And mm. I just, yeah, I, I'm having to get out of that. And I'm questioning, like, why do I have this idea of what a woman should look like? And that's just because of what society yeah, says. Yeah, sure. But that's an... A great realisation, like taking a step back and seeing it from a different perspective, your body hair. Because it's so difficult, like when you're in the middle of it and you do it as a habit, you don't even reflect that you're doing it or think about it. Um, So you said it was because you kind of had to choose between shaving your body, going for wax and, you know, eating. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. That's where we are now. Wow. It, I mean, mm. I think that's also... I, I see, and I've heard this in other um, episodes of your podcast, mm. actually, that idea that as women we waste a lot of our money, or mm. we choose to spend our money mm. on... Um, even on surgery, mm. on products, on things mm. that are going to make us look good because when we look good, we feel good. Yeah. But I've been like, well, actually, if I feel good, 
then I look good. Mm. Like, I'm born in this body. This yeah. is me. Mm. And this is a woman's body. Mm. Just because it's hairy and society has been saying men have hair and women don't. Yeah. And as a woman, every woman that's shown in, in media, mm. in magazines, in her underwear, until very recently, am I starting to see women with hair? Yeah. Mm. I remember seeing a picture of a chef on a magazine two years ago and she had her arms folded, and I could see that she had dark hair on her arms. Mm. And it was from that, just seeing that image, I stopped bleaching my arm hair. Oh, you did that before? Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. I really, I was like bleaching, waxing, tweezing, oh, okay. everything possible. Mm. I was just like, don't want the hair. Because that's otherwise a really interesting thing that we are allowed to have hair on some parts of our bodies, uh, like for arms, for example. For example, but like this made, this made me think of when I was. I think it was 12 or 13 and I shaved my arm hair and then one of the guys in my class I noticed and I was like wait have you shaved your arm and I was like no because I could tell in his face that that was weird <laughs> oh, no. I was like, no of course not and then because like as a, a as a kid I just thought that like, well I was taught that women should shave I didn't really realize that like where I should shave it's okay I'll just shave them but then that was wrong as well so you're like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't yeah. and oh, wow I know yeah. that's, that's so funny because I remember being in a class with a boy um, when I was about 12 mm. and he was like, oh, I shaved, I shaved my arm hair. Mm. And I was like, oh, right. He was like, no, it hasn't come back. And I was like, oh, amazing. So I went and shaved my arm hair. Uh. And it definitely did come back. And it was stubbly and darker. And I mm. was like, I'm so ugly. Mm. You know, and I think, yeah, it's very, that's, it's very, like, all these experiences plant these seeds. And that's what leads to your understanding of yourself within life. Yeah, actually. exactly. Because again, we don't really talk about that much, so you just kind of have to guess and see what happens. And sometimes it doesn't work, apparently. <laughs> um, but lots of people seem to think that um, us women, if we have body hair, then that's a political statement. Um, do you see it that way, or just because you don't, you can't be asked to do it? Or I think that there's two different things here. Mm. The Different waves of feminism, mm. something that I really liked celebrating. And I think that the second wave came with this um, same principle, actually, of, like, mm. why do we have to maintain this beauty standard for who? It's yeah. um, sort of repressing women. Mm. And so that's why you had, like, women who were not shaving their armpits or their legs and burn their bras. Yeah. And that somehow, I feel like, just plateaued mm. and during the 90s and the 2000s when I was growing up, there was just a representation of hairless, very skinny women mm. in media, mm. all white, really. Mm. And um, feminism was just a word that then got tainted. Mm. It was like, if you're a feminist, that's because you don't shave your armpits. Mm -hmm. you know, like, if yeah. you don't shave your armpits, you're a feminist. Yeah, that was kind yeah, of like yeah. the link. Mm. And so many people I know, even today, struggle with the word feminism. And I think that everything I do in life has an element of, of political resistance okay. to it, but mm. maybe it's also more like patriarchal mm -hmm. resistance mm -hmm. and challenging the decisions we make, mm. ultimately. I think with the body hair, it's 
partly because with Sassy, I don't feel like I can actually do a good job of being that person that encourages people and mm. women to be shame-free and talk openly mm. if I'm not doing that myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you you set an example for yourself. Yeah. You have a taste of your own medicine. That was kind mm. of like yeah. what we were talking about, but a slightly different phase. Mm. I, ha- I have to practice what I preach. Mm. That's what I'm really yeah. trying to say. Mm. And so every time I'm questioning myself of like, oh, I know... I want to get rid of my pubes. Why do I want to get rid of my pubes? Or even like, um, like to do with periods, mm. I want other women to embrace the fact that they maybe don't have to feel so ashamed of their blood. In fact, yeah. they definitely don't need to feel ashamed of their yeah. blood. Definitely. But if I was to walk down the street and I'm choosing not to wear anything to contain my blood, mm. even my moon cup, and I'm bleeding into my trousers, mm. would I feel that sense of embarrassment in public? Mm. And I think I put myself in positions just to check, mm. to challenge, um, and be like, okay, do I feel comfortable? Why do I not feel comfortable? And with the body hair, that really was like, okay... I want to check myself mm. and set an example of someone who I wish I had seen growing up and I never did see. Yeah. Mm. I, I never saw a woman with facial hair and hairy armpits and hair on her belly and hair on her ass, like mm. everywhere. Mm. Um, right, so I'm going to try and be that person. Yeah. And do you get any reactions or like in the summertime, for example... Um, do you notice if people look or is it not something that people acknowledge at all? I think it's been really interesting how you, in my case, Mm. when I was most insecure about my hair and I was Mm. starting to grow it, Mm. I would usually bring it up in conversation first before anyone could say anything. Mm. Even the first time I slept with, I had sex with a guy Mm. um, and I hadn't shaved my legs Mm. and I remember <laughs> we were sort of kissing and making out. And he was like, do you want to come back to my house? And mm. I was like, oh, I, I do, but I have I have to tell you, you know, like, I haven't been shaving my legs. I have body hair and that does make me feel insecure. I was like, I'm just mm. going to say it. Wow, that's really and, brave. Um, mm. but, and that's the thing. Mm. I was like, I felt it did take a lot of courage. Mm. It shouldn't, like, it shouldn't even be a no. conversation. No, but now just I saying that you feel that. insecure, that's always brave, I think, no matter what it's about. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that, mm. actually, funny. Yes. Mm. Um, and he turned around and was like, oh, and he took my hand and put it on his knee. <laughs> and he was like, you feel this? And it was something like, you know, he'd had a really bad accident, now he had a fake knee, mm. he was like, which means when we have sex, or if we have sex, I'm not going to be able to get into certain positions, mm. and that's my insecurity. Mm-hmm. And that sharing of, like, these are my insecurities, okay, we've got them off our chest, right, well, let's go have fun, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, really helped. And mm. I think the relationship that I have with men mm. has changed the more that I've allowed myself to be completely vulnerable in my natural state, mm. especially because I associated my body hair with being less mm. sexy, mm. being like, this is how I am. And to have men respond to me and be like, oh, I've never been with a woman who keeps her leg hair. Mm. I've never seen that much leg hair. Mm. I actually quite like it. Mm, it's wow. been like, ooh. And I went through that phase of being like, oh God, does that mean... 
that they've got a fetish and am I then going to be like an object of a fetish desire of body hair? And mm. I'm like, no, it's completely okay. Yeah. Like, I'm allowed to like a guy with hair or without hair. Mm. A guy is allowed to like a woman with hair or without hair. Mm. Mm. That's just it, but we're not told those things. Exactly. And I think those, yeah, personal, very vulnerable, intimate experiences and a combination of going out to Berlin for the summer and... Mm-hmm. Being around, I don't know if have you been to Berlin? Yeah, I was there this summer as well. Actually. Oh, yeah, in well, August. We should have bumped into each other at yeah, the nudist I beaches. If imagine. you imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you feel like there? There's just a very different um, accepting yeah, vibe. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I found that going to just being around the city and cycling mm. and going to you know, like nudist beaches and um, sex clubs where mm. you could just be naked mm. in whatever state you were yeah. and decide to keep mm. your body. No one challenged that. No. Made me grow in confidence so much mm. and um, also being on naked attraction. Yeah. That was like a big step for me to be mm. like, okay, if I want to feel good in my skin with my body hair, I'm going to do it in like the most extreme way and go on TV yeah. <laughs> and, um, and be like, have a close up, go on, just like zoom up my body, look yeah. at my pubes, get it right on that screen. Mm. Um, that really helped me mm. to be like, okay, now I've done that. I can, I feel like I can do anything. Mm. And that anything is like so much more than what I do with my body. That's like an anything in life. Mm. It's like as a woman, I can make my own business. I can succeed. Mm. I can change the industry. I can like be so powerful because I now am not obsessing about my appearance. Mm. Mm. It's, it's such a link and we don't get um, sort of educated to challenge that. Mm. Mm. Definitely. And again, you mentioned media before that we don't see body hair, especially as women. And... It's, you know, when you start to realise that even, like, um, advertising for uh, products that, you know, shaving products where um, you don't see any body hair whatsoever, like, they're supposed to shave their legs, but they don't have any hair to start (laughs) with. It's so absurd. Like, they zoom in and it's so obvious there's nothing there. And so you can't actually see what it's doing. Mm, it's yeah. not very clever, is it? I hadn't actually ever thought of that. <laughs> no. That's so that's so true. Mm. It's like I'm waxing this hairless leg. Mm. It's like plucking a hairless chicken. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's um and also what really I think what got me to this state of frustration was that I hate shaving because mm. when I shave I never get that smooth, like photoshopped leg no, look. No. I have I have like what are they called? Pores? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are they called? <laughs> pores. I have pores and, and also my skin would just never be smooth. And mm. within about, I felt like 10 seconds of me shaving my leg, it would come back and already be prickly. Mm. Which was then very shameful because if anyone was going to touch my leg, it would oh, be like yeah. sandpaper. Mm. And I hate that feeling so mm. much. Mm. And I'm actually talking with a, a male friend of mine who's a hairdresser about my chin hair. And he's like, just shave it, Bethany. And I'm like, I hate the feeling. He's like, well, bleach it or um, use hair removal cream. I'm like, I just want to try and keep it. Mm. I want to try and keep it and enjoy the smooth feeling of hair mm. rather than the constant anxiety of an ingrown hair mm. and stubble. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like my, yeah, shaving, hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought... I had a theory that um, it was mainly a, um, a thing for our generation to think so much about shaving, 
But when I talked to my friends, about it, I realised that I was wrong. Because um, I grew up with a mum who didn't really talk about shaving at all and, and, and um, didn't shave herself very much. Um, I mean, occasionally, I like if you fancied, but it wasn't part of her routine at all. Um, but then I realised that, and you said it now yourself, that your mum gave you products to shave as well. Um, but I think there's definitely differences in terms of... Um, like beauty standards throughout the the decades um if you compare like to 70s and the hippie era it was hair everywhere um as you know i've only seen them pictures because i wasn't born then (laughs) um but it's just really interesting to to see how things are changing um and in the time we're living now there are things that change in terms of diversity in general but i still feel like body hair is really stigmatised um, and do you have any thoughts on how we could change that? Or Yeah, I think I, I have pondered on this question quite a lot actually. I think what I'm aware of is that the way that we've been shaped has obviously been the examples that have been set to us mm. and we have this responsibility of knowing that we have the potential of bringing up the next generation or we are going to be bringing up the next generation whether mm. they're our children or our friends children or our siblings yeah, children yeah and what we do now is very important in mm. the way that we're shaping those youths yeah mm. and social media is such an amazing way of bringing people together to not feel on their own and to create those kind of um, secure bubbles that we want to be seeing. So Mm. I know that me feeling better with my body hair has partly been due to the fact that I now follow women on social media who are also growing their their pubes. And Mm. there's like a programme coming out on Channel 4 about um, the bush being back. And that's oh, run yeah. by a woman called yeah, mm. the Slumflower. Oh, yeah, of course. So a w- brilliant woman who also ran, like, um, Saggy Boobs Matter. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that's the thing. It's like the more representation we have, mm. the more that it's going to filter through into people and what they see. Mm. The or- There's also the problem with social media of creating your sort of safe bubble. Mm. And I think that when we talk these conversations through you know, you're Swedish and Mm. I'm English and Mm. we're both living in London Mm. and we're in quite privileged places of um, liberation and progress. Those conversations, how do we get those conversations further afield? Mm. When I went over to Romania, the reaction that I would get about my body hair there is very different because not only do women get rid of their body hair, but men also Mm. are very high maintenance Mm. about it. It would just be seen as, like, absurd that you wouldn't get a wax. Okay. I mean, one of my closest friends is still like, I love you, Bethany, but really, do mm. you have to grow it? And I'm mm. like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do! Um, and so I think it's just knowing that we can continue to set the example. Mm. But also, I do think that there needs to be a real challenge of the way that certain things are monetized, mm. And um, women's appearance is one that just... It brings in so much money Mm. um, and we're encouraging women to feel bad about themselves. And I've learned this from some of your podcasts, actually, Mm. you know, like the way that we'll be um, encouraged to think that um, X is is really good for you. Um, 
Uh, yeah, companies make profit from women's insecurities in a lot of ways, for sure. And I think for us to change that, it means that women need to be at the top. We mm. need to be encouraging other women to be running businesses that mm. actually have so much more worth yeah. and power. And that, like we don't have these massive money-making machine companies like L'Oreal mm. who um, are working with amazing technology mm. that are just encouraging women to try and have fuller lips. Mm. You know, mm. it's like we could be using that talent and... Yeah. The way that we can change that is having women at the top. Yeah. Because they're going, no, actually, I want to encourage women to be using their brains Mm, mm. and inventing things and be understanding how we can actually stop period pains Mm, mm. and how we can be providing other solutions in life that aren't like very expensive pants to Mm. things are amazing as knickers that Mm. you can just put them on and you bleed into them. We need to have way more of them yeah. and cheaper. Yeah, yes. Like, we just should. Mm, mm. And instead, all the money is going into being like, let's make loads of products so you put on your face and cover up all your spots mm. and wear all these fake nails and do your hair. Like, looking great is wonderful. Mm. But I, I just think we need to be encouraging women to think, like, actually, do exactly. you want to be spending your money on this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so true to, like, again, take a step back and reflect what you want because... Obviously, it's not wrong to want to think about your appearance, but what does that, where does that come from? And uh, would you still like yourself if you didn't buy those products? And, you know, self-worth, thinking about that. So, yeah, I definitely agree, and it's so important. And I think that when we do think about our self-worth, mm. um, we, like, <laughs> have to really quite challenge, like check myself because I know that another topic that I like touching on is um, to do with shame is finance Mm. and I think that when we think that we're not um, earning enough money or we're trying to make ourselves feel more valid that Mm. comes with this like materialistic value Mm. so if I have the right bag and I look the right way because I have these clothings and I'm on trend and I've got my hair looking like this and I match the image of that woman who's my idol on Instagram Mm -mm then I'm going to present this image of being like a, a wealthier, more successful woman. Um, well, actually, to, to be struggling with money is a mm. very serious thing and it brings on a lot of anxiety. Yes. And there are so many things that we can do that are mm. free, mm. that make us feel good. Yeah. And that means like, I don't know, like sunbathing naked mm. and airing your vulva to the sun mm. actually is so good for you. Yeah. And um, being able to like... Like massage your boobs and get mm. to love your boobs rather than trying to spend the money on getting a, a lift mm. or um, getting really expensive underwear to make them look more perky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think I, I, these are just things that I think when we talk about self worth and our mental health, mm. you know, we need to be talking more, but we also need to be looking after ourselves in ways that just like naturally we can. Yeah. We really can just naturally like dance in the garden. Yeah. We can masturbate. Mm, that mm. makes us feel great. Mm, mm. We can learn how to give ourselves pleasure just through our hands. Mm, like mm. we're given all these things. Yeah. It sounds quite hippie-ish, I know, mm, but it's mm. like, you know, there have been big periods of my life in the last year mm. where I've been so broke mm. and I've actually been so happy. Mm. Because I'm able to actually think, well, what what is going to make me feel good? And I can't buy anything, so where are my solutions? Yeah. It's like, I'm going to just sit around all these flowers. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. That makes you feel really good. But it's so easy to forget, because again, we live in a society that, you know, a capitalist society, and 
you know, constantly being surrounded by TV ads and, and you know, or being on a tube and just like tells us to buy things that will make us happier when it's not true. Yeah. As you said, there's so much we could do that will um, make us happy. Make and, us happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the act of having um, a cat sit on you mm. is meant to really help calm you because of their purrs and the purr oh. has a vibration. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing when you hum. Mm. You create a vibration mm. and that vibration can just help you feel better. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that amazing? It is. Like, really so going amazing. to like a very expensive gong bath, which yeah. I'm sure it's wonderful. Mm. Love a gong bath. Yeah. If you can't afford it, just mm. sit in the bath and hum, yeah. you know? <laughs> I think that's a great way to end this podcast. <laughs> Let's go sit in the bath and hum, yeah. shall we? Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Fanny. Thank you so much. And um, wow, I'm overwhelmed. You're so good at expressing yourself and your feelings and, and it's amazing. I think all the listeners will have something to take with them and to, again, take a step back and reflect on how they are and what they do. So, thank you. I hope thank so. Thank you so much. Stay sassy. That's what we're going to say. <laughs> yes, Stay yes. sassy. Stay sassy. <laughs> <laughs>it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.